Bow your heads with me, if you will, for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of this day, for bringing us here, gathering us as a family of faith in your house to worship, to praise you, to receive your good gifts. Speak to us now through your word. Open our hearts and our minds, our ears, to hear that word, to receive it. Not just to listen to it and deceive ourselves, but to do what it says. Amen. This is a, a weird time in the church year, depending on where the calendar falls and the weekdays are. Uh, it's often the celebration of the Magi, but tucked in there when the Magi are visiting the child Jesus and Epiphany. Uh, is this the baptism of Jesus? Uh, sometimes we can overlook it or it can fall where it does. And then the next week we're already past that in our assigned readings. So it can be less familiar to us. But it's so, so important uh, for, our, for our lives as Christians that we understand this, that we don't miss it. <clears throat> to set the scene a little bit for you, uh, if you'll get an older reference Show of hands, anyone remember the, the TV show with Grizzly Adams? So quite a few. That's how I picture John the Baptist, a skinny Grizzly Adams, uh, but not the coonskin cap and the bear fur coat, but rather camel fur and some kind of makeshift leather belt, crazy hair, eating bugs and stuff he can find in the, in the woods and in the, de- in the desert. That's kind of the scene that's painted for us. And then you have all the people, Jerusalem, Judea, everybody going out to John in the wilderness to be baptized, to confess their sins. So this is a a different thing, an unusual thing. Just a technical note that's helpful for us as we process what's going on, because we hear it differently as modern listeners to the word, than the original setting. When we think of baptism, we think of a particular thing. But there's three different baptisms that you can reference. One is the Jewish baptism. Jews practiced baptism, but that baptism was a washing of the whole body for purity so that you could re-enter the Jewish community. That was a tradition and a ritual cleansing, a different thing. So while baptism wasn't new to John's followers, the way he's using it is. John is calling them to the wilderness. He's saying, come and repent, change your thinking, change your heart, and confess your sins and be baptized in the Jordan. That's a second kind of baptism. Christian baptism, where our minds would go, is different yet. Jesus has already come, and then he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And in that baptism, God is doing 100% of the work. He is making us his child. He's giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, who then empowers us every day following to repent. So it's a little bit different even than what is going on with John here. Confusing in their time, 
because it's not how they normally practice things. God had already given them a way to get forgiveness, the temple and sacrifices. And so to go out into the wilderness and be asked to do this thing is strange. And they're not new to the faith, most of them present. And so it's not like they don't know about God. And yet God sends them John to prepare them. To prepare them in a different way for the coming kingdom of God. For Jesus to come. And so what misconceptions, what truth do they need to be made aware of that they can receive that successfully? in order that they might be ready for Jesus and all that he entails. Without this preparing, even those that would have believed in Jesus wouldn't. And so they're presented with this change to see the need. And this whole scene reminds me of uh, Superman. For me, Superman will always and forever be Christopher Reeve. That's my Superman. Uh, No one else can hold a candle to it. I can enjoy other variations, but that's my go-to. So for me, when 2006 came around and they did Superman Returns with Brandon Routh, I thought, eh, I don't know. I was nervous, but he did it justice. He did it good. And in that movie, there's a scene. Superman is kind of above the earth, kind of hovering in the atmosphere. And you can see the world below him. He's just kind of lounging there and listening with his super hearing. And can hear every sound on the whole planet all at once. And he's kind of sifting through those like you would kind of turn a radio dial and tune in to stuff. And then when he hears a cat in a tree or a fire engine or someone, a woman crying, then goes right to wherever the emergency is, and then back up again. Later on in the same movie, reporter Lois Lane wrote an article that the world doesn't need Superman. She was angry with him, writes this piece, and they're talking in a conversation, and this is the part that I love. He says, Lois, you said that the world doesn't need a savior, but I hear them crying for one Every day. And I thought, hmm. If we, if you and I could hear everything over the whole world all at once, even on our best day when we might think we have it all together, it would never be disputed that the world needs a savior. But sometimes in our thinking, Sometimes in our ideas of who we think God is or who we make him out to be, we can have misconceptions. It wasn't long ago that I had a really good discussion with someone who wanted so badly for their idea of God to be true. For this person, if God is love, if God truly loved them, then he would accept them, bar none. That love equals acceptance. But what I was telling this person was that as I read the scriptures, I don't see a God who accepts. I see a God who forgives. 
And there's a difference there. God sent Jesus to redeem us, to offer forgiveness so that we might repent, change, and be new, be different. God loved me so much, not the way that I am, not this sinful, self-centered, rebellious person that I am, but rather God cared about his creatures who had rejected him, sent his only son to die a sinner's death, to redeem, to buy back, and then give the Holy Spirit so that we can change so that we cannot be who we've always been, who we sinfully think ourselves to be, but that once again, we can acknowledge God as the center of the universe and the ruler of our, ruler of our lives. That wasn't what this person wanted to hear, that they needed saving. If things were fine in our lives, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. Jesus didn't come for us merely to say, thank you, God, for the get-out-of-jail-free card so we can continue on sinning with reckless abandon in our rebellion as if his death meant nothing. He came so that we can change. That in Christian baptism, baptized into Christ's death, into his resurrection, we might live new lives. One's now pleasing, acceptable to God. That it's in line with his will. So all of this is for me, but not as I was, but rather who God created me to be. And I can't be that person without Jesus. So what does that mean? Let's go full circle. Bring it back to the baptism and what John's doing here. If John is calling sinners to repent, to be baptized, it still begs one big question. Why does Jesus go down into the water to be baptized? Jesus, the sinless son of God. Obviously, he didn't have sins to confess. So why go down? The other gospel accounts other than Mark tell us a little bit more of the dialogue that takes place that Mark just summarizes. Jesus goes down into the water, but John is like offended and shocked and appalled. He's like, no, no, no. Jesus, I can't baptize you. You need to baptize me. And Jesus tells him, John, this must be so. He says, this has to be done to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is going to start in this moment on a path for our redemption, living in our place, living the perfect life, being obedient. And he's thinking of you. He's thinking of John. He's thinking of all the people there. He says, this must happen. In this moment, when Jesus steps down into the water, the water that every sinful human being was being called to come to, he's identifying with you and with me. He's following the commands of God that we don't. Jesus didn't need to repent to change, Jesus was the change. He goes down into the water so that 
as we are baptized into Christ, we can daily come up out of the water with him. Changed. New. Repentant. Not as we are. So God just accepts the wrongs. But who we're meant to be. That's true love. God's love. That isn't content leaving us where we were. And then we're able to actually embrace that. Embrace a savior. Receive true love. John was telling people, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Oh, how near it was as it stood right there as part of the crowd. The kingdom of God was there. And when Jesus steps into the water, something new happens, something different. God the Father speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And he does so, so that in our baptisms, in our forgiveness, he can look at you, Dave, and say, Dave, with you, I am well pleased. He can look at you, Amy, and say, Amy, with you, I'm well pleased. How good that feels that God doesn't just accept us the way we were, that he can't look at sin, that he can't even be with us or in relationship with us, that that change is now there. And then the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, that there's no mistaking who God is speaking of when the Father says, this is my son. God truly loves you. And true love doesn't accept you because of who you are, but rather who you are in Jesus. That you're his child. God welcomes you so that you don't just keep on sinning with reckless abandon, but so that through Jesus you can live a repentant, changed life. You can live as a new creation, glorifying him in the way he's always wanted you to for the rest of eternity. The kingdom of God is not just near, it's here. And it has been for 2,000 years. So when someone asks you, do you think we're going to be living in the end times? Say, absolutely. And we have been for 2,000 years. Ever since Jesus stepped into that water, the kingdom of God has come. And thanks to Jesus identifying with sinners, you are a part of it. And the true love of repentance is yours. What an amazing, peculiar thing that we celebrate in the baptism of Jesus. To God alone be the glory. Amen.